both sides. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, you're on. Thank you, Thank you. I've done that. Hazy on yeah, I, I Monday. I've done the tennis things yesterday. Yeah. Oh, it was awful. Basically, hit the driver okay, but the short line. Better than on one leg, though. My <laughs> right handed one leg game is <laughs> struggling. It's not as good as my left handed. Yeah, I think there should have been a penalty every time he put his foot down. It should have been a penalty. The sad, the sad thing is, Quayley has to look at his three wood now. It's got the biggest sky mark on the on the on the top of it. So Hazy's looking up at him every time he hits three wood. Next time you need to get in that paragolfer. Next time you need to get in the paragolfer. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for coming in. We've got a very special event happening this week at the MS Australian Open. The first, the world first, Australian All Abilities Championship. And to talk about that today, we have two very special guests. On my immediate left, your right, Christian Hamilton, national, no, hang on, senior inclusion, senior manager inclusion, we've had a title change. One golf. One golf, everything to do with inclusive golf. And on his left, is Tony Bennett, the president of EDGAR. Uh, they're both here to talk about what the Australian All Abilities Championship means, not only this week, but ongoing in a more global sense as well. Um, we've also distributed gentlemen to everyone in the room. Uh, a bit of groundbreaking news, I believe, if you want to speak to that too. Terrific, Hazy. Um, yeah, I suppose I'll start with just giving you a bit of context on what this week means. Um, yeah, to start with, uh, I'd probably like to acknowledge, uh, you know, my team uh, at, at Golf Australia. I think we drew a lot of inspiration from the Commonwealth Games with the integration of the para-sport um, into the Commonwealth Games. And you look at uh, events like the Invictus Games, for instance, um, you know, it was just a, a, a really natural progression for us to uh, work with our partners with Edgar and, and Tony Bennett um, and assemble the world's best players here at, here at the Lakes um, for their own championship. So 
I suppose, and also take advantage of, uh, of the game's design where we can actually uh, play under the same format, um, the same conditions um, as, uh, as the Emirates Australian Open. So, um, yeah, so we're absolutely delighted. And also, I suppose, talk about a lot of the things that we're doing with our partners, with Edgar, with the rankings, which I know Tony will talk about um, in a little bit more detail. But the players are really excited. Um, and uh, looking forward to a pretty special week. So, um, yeah, we're re really excited. Well, thanks. And uh, first and foremost, I'd like to say it's, it's great to be here. Fantastic to be in Sydney and to be at the Lakes and to be part of the Australian Open. I think it's a wonderful initiative that Christian and the team have put together and Golf Australia should certainly be applauded for your vision to be able to do such a, a great event. And, and it really is a world first. So congratulations for all the work that you've done. And, we started with Golf Australia a few years ago as a member of EDGAR and EDGAR really took a change of tra trajectory probably five years ago where we got involved with the federations, we started to work very much with the, the major bodies in the world, so all the national federations, Golf Australia obviously being one of those, the RNA, the USGA, the IGF, the International Golf Federation, and we started to understand that if we are going to get anywhere for, in golf for the disabled, we had to do this with the game, not separate to the game or not, not parallel to the game. It had to be just part of the game. And so that's what we did and that's the, that's the strategy we've taken and, and to have partners like Golf Australia and, and what you're doing down here is great. And just to go on to the event that you've got here this week, um, 12 players, all those 12 players have come from the ranking and that ranking was called the Ranking for Golfers with Disability. Edgar set that up four and a half years ago. We, we went through the process of developing that and you'll notice that it doesn't have Edgar's name on it because we never wanted it to be about Edgar. It had to be about a ranking for golfers with disability. And we've worked very, very closely with Wagger on that to try and pull together a ranking that actually makes some sense so that we can get the best 12 players from the world to, to, to this event this week. So it's good news. You've got a, a piece of paper there in front of you. It was announced early hours of the morning, uh, this morning, that the USGA and the RNA together which are WAGA, have now, they've taken on the responsibility of the R4GD, so it will now have a W put in front of that, so it'll become the World Ranking for Golfers with Disability, and they will take over the management of that from the 1st of January 2019. Uh, so that's a terrific uh, step for Golf for the Disabled, and I think it puts it in the right place. So it will sit alongside the men's ranking, the women's ranking, and the WR4GD, so all good news. Congratulations on the initiative. Uh, what does this week's championship involve, and how does it dovetail with this particular tournament? Yeah, I'll answer that. Um, yeah, so it's a 54-hole championship uh, playing, uh, hitting off from fr yeah, Friday through to Sunday. I think the beauty of this event too is that it's fully integrated. We've we've decided to do everything um, dovetailing the the Australian Open. So what you'll see is uh, three balls on Friday, two balls on Saturday and Sunday. Um, but I think we made a great decision in treating this as an overall field as well. So these players will be spread out through the field on Saturday and Sunday. So, for instance, we envisage the final group of the Australian All Abilities Championship to finish about half an hour behind, uh, sorry, half an hour in front of the, uh, the Emirates Australian Open. So 
to give those players the opportunity to um, have that stage, uh, walking down the last hole um, with packed grandstands on Sunday, um, and not be treated as something that it's, it's, it's at the end of the field, I think is going to be just fantastic. And, and, um, I'm really proud that we're doing that. Maybe if I could just add to that as well, is that I think golf for the disabled now has become not an exhibition sport, it's part of the mainstream sport. And I think that's, the, that's what this initiative is all about. It's taking it away from being an exhibition to being just part of the sport. Yeah, you've got something you know you're both passionate about, that Christian, this is really important, heading towards the inclusion possibility down the track of the Paralympic Games as well. Yeah, look, and everyone knows that we missed out for, for 2024 with the application, but... Um, you know, we, we spoke about this at length and um, this gives us a chance as well to get our own sort of house in order as far as, um, as, far as events and um, yeah, look, we'll, we'll continue to work hard. I know it's a, a, a fantastic vision and the support that we've got from ISPS Hander, uh, for instance, it's been a, a dream of Dr Hander to get golf into the Paralympic Games as well and, um, you know, there's some, there's some great, I suppose, alignment with what they're trying to achieve, what we're doing as a sport, what Edgar are doing, and, and that's primarily the reason why we became a federation member of Edgar is because we share the same, um, we share the same direction. We're, all of our noses are pointing in the same direction. We, we, um, yeah, we, we want to, I suppose, develop together. I think, again, there's another benefit from the, the result, which is not the result that we wanted, we did we wanted to be in the Paralympics, and make no mistake about that, everybody was frustrated, everybody was disappointed when we got the news that we were not going to be considered. But the good news about that is that I think since then we've seen a real interest from the major bodies to pull together to get all of this application so that it really makes sense and it's a cohesive strategy that's, that's put together. So I, 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 what we've seen now is the IGF have committed to a World Championship 2022, US, USGA is committed to a US Open Championship in 2021. I know the RNA are having some discussions about some possibilities to do an Open Championship. The European Golf Association have got championships now that are on their calendar. So we're beginning to see all of this pulled together, and that's exactly what we need if we're going to get golf into to, to, uh, the Paralympics. Just going to ask that. Um, that's the plan going forward now. Hopefully, this is implemented across the world and Yeah, absolutely, and I think what we're seeing now as well is we've had a, a, an increase in interest as well over the last three months. So since we got the news, we've had more interest from federations to say, well, we actually want to be part of this now. So they're beginning to see that they've got a role to play if they want to get golf into the mainstream sport and into the Paralympics as well, then they, they've got to stand up to the plate. So we've had some very good discussions with several federations now in Southeast Asia uh, obviously in North America and South Africa now are part of, of what we do as well so it really is a global organisation and we now see 25% of our membership is international but I would expect that that will be somewhere in the region of 50% pretty soon. Any more questions for Tony? Yeah. Uh, forgive me uh, for not fully understanding this at this stage but Will the rankings be based on categories? So, I mean, for example, people that can walk, can't walk. Um, how, it may well be outlined in here, and apologies if that is the case, but 
Are you able to explain how that works? Yeah, broadly speaking, there's three sets of rankings. So there's a gross, a net, and a stable for ranking because we also have to remember that we deal with three pillars particularly. So we start with participation like everybody else does, then we have competition, then we have fandom. And so if we deal with participation first, it would be wrong for us to be able to turn around to those players that want to just get started and say, well, there's no ranking for you. So we have a Stableford ranking. So anything that's over 18.5, 18.5 and above, they play Stableford in Handicap Index. Anything below 18.4 or 18.4 and below, they play Gross and Net. The Gross ranking obviously is the major one. That's where the players have come from this week. And it's a pan-disability ranking. So that means that the very top of the ranking, actually as we speak right now, the top of the ranking is a hand player, the second player is a leg player, and so on and so forth. So it could well be that we would have a, a, a real mix in that top. I think the third player, if I'm not mistaken, is a short stature player. So you can see there's a mix there. But at the press of a button, we can easily figure out who are the best 12 leg players, the best 12 arm players, the best cerebral palsy players, the best multiple cirrhosis players, neurological players so we can easily do that it's very straightforward for us to do that so we understand that the Paralympics likes to put people in boxes and says well this is champ this is a, a, a an event just for uh, t4s or t3s or whatever um, golf actually plays together and that's one of the strengths of our sport so we have obviously players with disability that can play this week with the highest level players uh, we have professionals and amateurs that play together, uh, men and women that play together, and so therefore we also have wheelchair players that play with cerebral palsy, cerebral palsy that play with leg amputees, leg amputees that play with arm amputees, and so it goes. So the rankings are pan disability. Thanks, Tony. If you don't mind, I'm going to just shuffle you along. Sure, I'm very and... happy to go. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm going to just, we're going to go to a small stage, and I want to invite two more people up here, very important to this week, uh, from Spain, Juan Costiga, and from Victoria, Mike Rolls. talk about the All Abilities Championship one. I had the great pleasure of playing hole with you the other day and you're making me look very silly which I appreciate. <laughs> um, there's something else that you're playing for here this week which I'm not sure if everyone is aware of, you know, the, what's on your hat there. Excuse me while I just sort the name. Celia Boquan. Celia Boquan. So, ladies and gentlemen, you probably remember the Spanish golfer who was unfortunately killed in the United States a few weeks ago. That's, that was Juan's best friend. Um, so he's playing with a heavy heart as well. So uh, we'd be happy to answer questions about that, which I think is very brave. But if you don't mind addressing that to start. Well, um, this one? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, first of all, thanks for 
having this first question. Um, it's going to be an unbelievable week to stay here in Sydney to play this event first, but uh, I think to play with her in my heart is going to be truly special. You know, I, I couldn't imagine any better venue to, to have her at first. And now uh, I think for, for the golf world has been uh, with Yardos Lyle um, the worst uh, news we had this year. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to play for her. Um, I will remember her as, as she was, because she was smiley, she was beautiful, and uh, she was one of the first persons um, uh, who ever talked to me after every tournament. So she lives in the States and lives in Europe, but every single day we had a chat, and um, it's really special, and I think the best way to, to offer my memories just you know, wearing these kind of ribbons that make it special. My bag is also customized for her. And um, I'm sure that if I make a good result, or if I not, so you'll be the first one happy or not yeah. up there. So that's what I can say. Thanks, mate, for talking about it. It's very brave of you. We appreciate it very much. Thank you. Um, so Mike and Juan have got amazing stories, and I'll let you guys uh, pick away at Just, just for both of you, just talk us about this experience and what it means to you and the significance of it. Well, I think it's, um, we are going to be part of history, first of all. I mean, I think the experience for us is going to be really positive. Um, I think uh, we will enjoy it, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, I think um, something that I think is going to be really special and, and you may not think about it is the professional player experience are going to have with us. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that our experience is going to be good, but their experience is going to be awesome to, to be part of this, and, and because I think they don't expect what they are going to see these days. I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. I think from my perspective, and um, it'd be fair to say from many of the players' perspectives, uh, it's a bit surreal. Um, it's pretty exciting, obviously, but uh, to think to the, uh, I think about where we've all come from, and uh, it's come from such a low... Point. And I think back, uh, you know, I got sick when I was 18. I contracted uh, meningococcal septicemia, breathed at the wrong time, something as simple as that. And that resulted in the loss of my legs. And I think back to those hospital days um, and what I looked like down to 47 kilos and these sorts of things. And now to be at the Australian Open and playing in the All Abilities Championship is um, a very, very special moment. Um, golf has been a big part of my recovery. Uh, it's an amazing game. Uh, from a mental health perspective, for people that deal with adversity, deal with injury, and uh, and, that, and that for me has been um, been a massive factor in, in living a healthy, positive, and active life going forwards. And the more people that we can get uh, out of their heads and out onto the golf course that deal with adversity, deal with disability, uh, the better. And this is a great initiative and a great step forward for golf in this country and I hope uh, around the world as well. Just talk to us as well about the prospect of this happening across the world in other tournaments as well. You know, would you love to see this possibly in the majors? And just talk to us about that part of it. I think the initial part of it. I mean, uh, I think what what Christian and his team has done here, it's uh, it's going to be recognized worldwide. I mean, uh, it's the first of, of many. In Europe, we've been we've been close to European tour and quite a few events with Edgar, close to Portugal Masters, a few more, and uh, I think. Um, they will copy this idea. Hopefully. <laughs> I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure they will and, and probably will be part of that. 
Yeah, I'd have to agree, and uh, I'm very, very close with Christian. We've been friends for a long time. He um, asked me to come over in 2014 to play in Japan. Um, played like an absolute hacker. Okay. It was, it was, it was pretty awful. Um, but I did put the challenge out. I said, mate, um, all credit and hats off to Christian for what he's been able to do in Golf Australia uh, to get this off the ground and to... Um, to take it one step further, we were at the cocktail party last night and I said to him, mate, congratulations on all the work you've done so far, but uh, in two years' time, Wayne and I and, and the rest of the guys, we uh, expect to be at the Masters at Augusta, so... <laughs> no pressure on that. So no pressure there, but um, yeah, hopefully this, uh, this catches on and we can really see um, some great inroads uh, going forwards. How do you think you go to the crowds on Saturday and Sunday? They'll be happy to see us. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little bit that uh, what I was talking about the professional players, they don't expect what they are going to see this week. So I think it's a big surprise because, I mean, uh, it's awesome to see these guys playing golf, the professional players, Brian, Matt. I mean, there are so many good players around here. Uh, but uh, crowds already know what they do. But they don't know what we do and how we do. So I think uh, it will be a good surprise for them. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I get a little bit more nervous than perhaps Wayne does. In front of, um, I heard there was 50,000 people on Sunday, so I might sleep in on that day. But uh, we'll see how we go. No, I'm really looking forward to it. It should be um, just a, a wonderful opportunity and, and uh, something that I'm certain that none of us will ever forget. Sorry, can I, can I just add something there? Um, also, I, I also want to, I suppose, sort of say the amount of people that will be out there with disability in Australia that will see these guys competing um, in the championship and they'll be out there and they'll be obviously inspired about what they see. Um, a good example you see you know, Adam Wabi from Belgium um, you know, he'll, uh, who's, his disability is um, he has cerebral palsy and, and I think visually if people are out there and they're seeing people competing on the, on the, on the world stage um, I think it's also important to uh, recognise that there is a really good pathway at the grassroots level in our in our sport, in particular with the relationship that we have with the PGA of Australia. We have uh, about 100 PGA All Abilities co uh, coaches around the country now, and they're the perfect sort of entry point into our sport for people with disability. So, um, fantastic to have these guys as uh, inspiring the next generation of golfers coming through, but, uh, but also, I suppose, calling out um, those those ways to get get into the sport for people that that do get inspired from from what they see this week. So. This is probably a little bit different one, but we're in a pretty windy location. You're obviously differently differently working off the ground to the other guys in the field. How will you go with wind and stuff like that? Will that affect your games more than it would for the able-bodied guys in the field, or? Well, in, in, in my particular case, I mean, we are all really different players. So, uh, in my case, if it's a, a tough wind, it can make me feel a bit in trouble, but um, not so much as expected. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't have any problem on bunkers or big slopes. I will, I will try to play or I can play every single shot on the golf course. So, it, you have to ask by one, one by one. I mean, in my case, that's mine. Yeah, I'd say definitely because I'm built like a string bean, so it blows me over pretty easily. I was standing on the 11th hole yesterday and uh, had to step away from my drive because the wind was just absolutely belting in there and 
um, yeah, I couldn't uh, couldn't get my balance properly. So it will be challenging, but um, uh, I think we've been through uh, bigger things in our life than to worry about a little bit of wind out there on the next few days. That's for sure. How much fun has it been hitting balls next to the, the tour players? Because I know one, I've had multiple say, have you seen one hit golf balls because it's seriously impressive how good it hits it. How fun is it to just hit balls next to them and, and have them turn around and say, geez, you guys have seriously got game because you guys know you do, but they probably haven't seen it yet. Yeah, in, in you know, um, first day I arrived here, like Monday, and I was just hitting some balls and then went to some chipping. And Pete Lona, which is, I'm a Spanish and I know, so he has to be a worldwide legend, <laughs> uh, said to me, come and play a few holes. I'm going to play nine holes. I mean, that Pete Lona wants to play with your nine holes is like, oh, I'm doing something good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it has been uh, tremendous feedback. Yesterday I was having lunch and uh, uh, John Sandon came to me and said, you did pretty well. <laughs> I said, yeah. yes, I do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I actually know, yeah, it's a tremendous feedback from, from all the, the field out there. Yeah, I've, um, I've, I haven't had a chance to play with any, any pros yet. Um, I played, I, I came down for a practice game and I met Peter on the, on the putting green as well. Didn't play any holes, but what a wonderful fella. And um, yeah, it's, it's great to, I guess, give them an opportunity to echo what what I'm saying is that you know it's it's impressive for them because I think everyone within this room and everyone in Australia and around the world, for instance, uh, understands how tough golf is. Golf is a very very hard game to play when you've got all your legs and all your arms and no issues whatsoever. So um, I guess uh, this is a bit of a display of, of what you can do if you really work hard at it. And um, this man uh, to my right is, is is a perfect example of that. Uh, Shane Luke's another one uh, definitely worth mentioning, and of course Jeff Nicholas, Steve Pryor, these guys. And the Aussies, and then uh, the internationals as well. Unfortunately, we won't have Manuel here, who's another incredibly good, good player. But um, overall, I think that, like as well, what Juan was saying, um, each person is very, very different, and they all uh, have their own challenges, own individual challenges, none bigger than the other. And uh, they just get out there and do their thing, and that's what uh, I think inspires people, and that's what uh, we're all here to do. So, and have a good time in the process. Mike, is there any sledging on that? Because yeah, so the it's already, it's already started. Yeah, it's already started. So, so you know, um, you might, you guys obviously all, all look at Instagram and everything, and everyone always takes those. There's a very famous, everyone takes photos of themselves when they're at a resort or something, and they've got their feet up, um, and they're sunbaking, and they're giving, giving the, letting the world know that their life's just incredible. And uh, we had a photo from one of the guys with his feet up, he just arrived from England. Uh, feet up on the table, and uh, I thought I'd shoot back and, uh, and have my two prosthetic legs up on the on the table there like that, take a photo like that just to give give a bit of hell. But yeah, there's always good banter. Um, we certainly don't sit there and talk about uh, what has happened to us. Uh, really, it's more about um, telling each other how bad we are when we when we start to shot up and things like that. So there's no yeah, take no prisoners, that's for sure. So. Just, just thoughts about you know raising awareness. Um, for you one, you, you obviously have you know countries in uh, South America, like Colombia and Chile, and do you want to do the same around Australia? Talk to us about that, about raising awareness for golf. Um, I think um, uh, you know the work we are doing in South America is is, is another key key point for for the Paralympics. I mean, I think we are all working together to to get that big achievement which Paralympics will mean for the game. So. Uh, a few years ago, uh, they gave me the opportunity to meet South America, and you know, golf is a really good sport out over there. But uh, you know, for disabled, it's like something banned. So it, it doesn't exist for disabled. 
So, so I went there and I've been there for three years working and everything is going on so fast. So, I mean, they are now in negotiations to join EDGA, Colombia, Chile, they are quite getting close, Argentina. So I think it's, it's, it's the side of the world that I can, I can manage because of my language and of my culture. And I think he will do the same around here, I'm sure of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just um, yeah, creating, creating awareness and I, I think having that, that, uh, that end point where they can see what's possible doesn't mean to say that they're necessarily going to have to, or they, they, they might not want to, to play in the Australian Open, but they might say, well, you know, like I said, get, get you out of the house, get you into uh, the fresh air, um, away from the screen, away from your, your thoughts, sometimes can be a little bit uh, hard, particularly after a traumatic circumstance. So um, the game of golf is, provides, it's far more than a game, I guess, for a lot of people um, in this situation. So. And just, just on the Paralympics, is that just the main goal, getting into the Paralympics at this stage? For sure, I think for, for an athlete, as, as I am, uh, there's nothing better than be able to represent your country in the Paralympics. I mean, I represent my country in European Championship and all kinds of things like that, but to be part of, of, of the biggest thing of sport, it's, it has to be on a real feeling, and for sure, the key goal of all this, for me, there's a social side of all this, which is amazing, the work golf does for people with disability, but in my case, what I would love to see is competition grow up, and if competition is growing up, problems will come. Another question, it's um, more of a statement, I'm afraid, but the Paralympics is one thing, but we also have to get 500,000 new people playing the game with disability. And so, yes, we were disappointed about the Paralympics, but it should not stop us getting these 500,000 people starting to play the game. 15% of the world is disabled. 15% of the world is disabled. And we should not exclude those people from playing the game. So uh, the Paralympics is one thing, and the Paralympics will help us to get those 500,000 people, but we'll get them with or without the Paralympics. Juan, um, two things. What's it like to come around the other side of the world and see your photo on the back page of the, of the paper? <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> yeah, you know, we just arrived on Sunday after a really, really long trip. I've been all way all, all year long traveling, but this was <laughs> the longest one. <laughs> and uh, to arrive here, uh, I didn't know the place the first time here, and the next day I see my picture on the back page of, of one of the most um, read newspapers has been awesome, you know. It's difficult to explain, and you know, people back in Spain doesn't un don't understand what, what's going on. <laughs> Did you try to explain that to them? I tried, and uh, you know, um, you have to be proud of the work you're doing here, guys, because uh, the media exposure this event is having is it's uncomparable as, as we now have in Europe, I guess. So I think uh, you are doing a, quite a good job. Does it make you proud too, Mike, to see that? certainly does. Um, I think that uh, I'd like to think that our country looks after people with disability very, very well. Um, I, I think about what, what, they, what it must have cost for me to be uh, looked after in hospital, spent six months in hospital, I didn't pay a dime. So um, to be in this country, I feel, you know, if you're going to catch me in Jakarta, Australia's not a bad place to catch it. Um, so, so, so I feel very grateful, very thankful for that. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's wonderful. I, we've got so many great golf courses, Australia's golf mad, and we've got so many great international players. And now, um, 
Uh, some of the guys have been doing it for a long, long time. Jeff Nicholas's record is quite incredible. Um, he's now being recognised for what he's been able to do, and uh, hearing him tell his story last night was was pretty exceptional. And um, I feel like you know, being 35, um, I wish I wish this had happened 10 years ago, to be honest with you, um, because uh, you know injuries pop in and things like that as you get a little bit older, and um, probably more so when you haven't got uh, when you're missing a couple of pegs as well. So. Um, you know, it's a great it's a great step forward. Hopefully, we can start to see uh, young people in, involved in the game, and also women. We'd love to get a lot of uh, more more female participation in the sport uh, down in Victoria. Um, we've formed Amputee Golf Victoria, and uh, we're trying to create initiatives that'll get more young people involved in the game because uh, you know there's just not enough people between the age of 20 and 30 that are, that are playing, and this type of thing is going to inspire that to uh, that, those numbers to grow. One last one. Um, talk us about, you know, why you, you stopped playing with the prosthetic and then actually improved your game. Talk us about those challenges, about, you know, managing what, how you play and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I started playing golf two times, as I usually said. I started playing golf uh, like 10, 12 years ago with my granddad. And at that time, I was wearing a prosthetic. So I, I was quite a good player. I, I got four handicap at that point. And then uh, they offered me an operation just to get walking better. So I had to have a little amputation more than, than what I had now. So I decided, okay, I'll go for it. So <laughs> it was the worst decision in my life. I was really in trouble for a few months. And you know, when you are 16 years and uh, you are six months in a bed, it's not really easy. And, and obviously, if, if it's your decision, it's even worse. Because if it's an accident, it's just an accident. But when you took that decision, it's like, fuck, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> So one day I, I went back to, I went back to my coach and and said uh, Pepe I need I need to to go back to golf and we were I remember on, on driving range we had two stages we were in the second one and I t he told me okay but you need a prosthetic no 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 I cannot wear a prosthetic I have to play golf like this and he was like oh my god let's go down floor <laughs> <laughs> so we start playing again and you know the challenge uh, was so big. And then we realized that we couldn't get better the swing if the body would not get better. So we start working another way, different way. Now we spend more time in the gym than I spend on the driver range. I don't like the gym, but I have to stay there more time if I want to play as I as I actually do. So the challenge is much more bigger than than a guy with two with two legs, two arms. Obviously, uh, we have to be much stronger, and our uh, training time has to be, uh, we cannot train so many hours as the other guys do. I cannot hit a thousand balls a day. I need to hit 150. But if I hit 150 balls, I have to be so focused for those 115 balls. So uh, it's kind of different kind of training. I think it's um, harder because in shorter time, I have to do the same thing as the other guys are doing. So it's, it's quite a, a challenge. You said you'd like to win Paralympic gold if it ever crops up. Would you like to be a pro? Just Regulation I would love to. I think it will be a way to, to prove that we can achieve what we want to do. So I've got a friend in Belgium, which is Cedric Lescut. Yeah. He was a professional player before his accident, and he's now working with Prosesic, and he's still a professional player. So I would like to, to join uh, Cedric, and uh, I wish I could do it as soon as, as, soon as possible. So I think it, it will get even more exposure to disabled golf worldwide. So I think it's uh, we will win if I if I can achieve that goal. Is it 
keep this score. Do you want the truth or I can just say one? You want to check out? On my home course, which is Pedreña, northern Spain, say Baxter's Golf Course, I shoot 65, which is 5 under. And in competition, I think I shoot 67. How far? Depends. If I hit it with the heel of the club, it's like <laughs> too big. Yeah, no win. With driver, I should be carrying about 260 yards, 70. Six iron. I'm like in yards 190 yards. Magical. I'm Spanish. What can you expect? You have courses, semis on the playground. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, really special to to be from there, you know. I mean, uh, when when you come from a town that Sevilla was the main the main man to to watch, uh, we all we all learn from that school. So in fact, our it's not true. Huh? It, it's not a false. From a hundred yards to the hole, northern Spanish are the best in Europe. <laughs> Oli, what about Olazabal? Sevi, all these guys, Sergio. Spanish. Nothing else. Post Postigo. Post no, well. <laughs> Any more questions, please? Yeah. What are your expectations for playing the weights? Have you got a number in mind for what you're going to shoot? And will you be looking at how that stacks up against the guys playing in the Australian Open? Definitely not. Um, not going to not going to compare my scores to professional scores at all. That'll just. Uh, um, counterproductive altogether. <laughs> so I think uh, my expectations are probably um, a little bit less lofty than Juan's, but uh, I, I just want to be able to get out there and, uh, and play uh, like I know I can, which is a very, very good level of golf. Um, I'm not sure whether I'll be able to win. Um, it'll be wonderful. I'd have to play um, my very best in everyone's league, so I'd have to fall off for that to happen. But, um, but so something, something uh, between sort of 75 and 83 would be uh, a good target for me to aim for. And uh, we're going to get in trouble for Christian for being saying that. But um, yeah, that's about, that's where about, about where I sit. This guy here is probably one of the to shoot 65 or better. Well, I've been playing the course this week and I have to say it's presenting in really good conditions. Yes. I think this guy's job around here has been awesome. I mean, great design. I mean, uh, Really, really, really tough to play, and but it's in fact it's fair. You know, it's a tough golf course, but if you know if you know where to be and where not to be, you can shoot the low scores. I mean, the key goal is is not shots to the green, not to be risky, because sometimes you see the pin position over there, but you may have to aim 10 yards to the right. So if if my caddy keeps me cold, because you know I'm Spanish blood, so it's like I have to pick the pin. No, stay there. <laughs> so if he does his job well, I think we can we can make a good score there. Awesome, thanks very much ladies and gentlemen. We really wish you both Mike and Juan the best of luck this week and more importantly as the championship goes well from now and into the future. Thanks very much. Thank you.